0: In the name of the Ascended One, amen. Amen. This past week was one of usual busyness for the Church of Our Savior. On Tuesday, a group of parishioners joined in the monthly lunch for those in need at Our Lady Mount Carmel. Tuesday evening, I joined other members of the Youth Addiction and Suicide Prevention Coalition, which was founded here, at a meeting at the Marin Civic Center to discuss parents, teens, and the law. Not exactly high theological stuff, mind you, but informative just the same about the challenges that our youth and their families are facing in this day and age. Thursday, I sat down with our youth minister search team to discuss next steps in our now months-long endeavor to find new leadership for our talented and vivacious epic youth group. It felt a bit like today's scene from Acts, discerning the way forward and thinking about casting lots to seek God's will. Then I was off to a meeting to get ready for general convention, which is this summer, the great gathering of the Episcopal Church every three years where the business gets done. Our discussion ranged from the ongoing and now rather exhausted controversy over human sexuality, marriage, and that favorite Episcopal pastime, the consecration of bishops, to the arcane canons governing clergy discipline, to funding mission and ministry, and taking steps to alleviate global poverty and environmental degradation. And in the midst of all this was the usual parish work of tending the sick and comforting the afflicted, and of keeping the office going, getting the perspective ready, making sure the bulletins were printed and folded, the sermon written, the facilities kept in working order. It was, in that sense, a pretty typical week here at the parish. Not incredibly high and lofty, but nor was it unimportant In short, in good Anglican fashion, it was an appropriately messy week, prayerful and practical, where we acknowledge God and then roll up our sleeves and get to work in the world. But with all the busyness, what slipped by many of us this past week was one of the feasts of the church here, Ascension Day. It probably befits us as contemporary Christians that the only nod we gave it together as a community this year was by about four of us gathering together in two offices to recount the stories of Luke's gospel and the opening to the book of Acts, stories of Jesus rising into heaven while his closest followers watched and wondered. Now, I must admit a side to me that finds the account of the Ascension in scripture somewhat ho-hum, a bit like watching cheap science fiction, bordering to my 21st century mind at least on the silly. The image of Jesus rising up and being hidden behind a cloud brought to mind Bishop Jack Spong's a kind of classic and somewhat offhanded remark that we simply know better now. Jesus didn't go into orbit. And perhaps just as dismissive as the temptation to see the stories of the Ascension as literary advice only, a way to get the risen Christ out of the way. A resurrected immortal Jesus, after all, poses a problem for his second-generation followers. Just where is he now? if he appeared in such corporeal form to his first disciples. So, of all the stories about the person we call Lord and Savior, Messiah and teacher, truth and friend of friends, it's the Ascension that is most likely to make me blush with some embarrassment. Jesus rising up into the clouds with all of its ticky-tacky and somewhat new agey depictions offends my sense of good taste. Yet, yet the ascension is not only part of our church calendar, it is part of our creeds, a central tenet of our faith. And while scientific inquiry has radically altered our view of the universe from that of the first century, if truth be told, we as human beings still intuitively look upward when we think of something greater than ourselves, when we consider the transcendent, the divine, the holy. The urge is still to look skywards, to rise above who and where we are, in order to obtain inspiration, or take the first step towards a lofty goal. One answer to the riddle of the ascension is simply in our gathering together here this morning, recognizing in our midst, in one another, and in communion, the presence of Christ Somehow the risen Christ must transcend the historical confines of the first century. Christ must move beyond the limits of time and space to truly become one in the great self-offering and one forever with the human family in all times and in all places. And perhaps one with the entire universe itself so that it all may be drawn Godward. Another part of the answer to the riddle of the Ascension appears in today's reading from the Gospel of John, where we hear part of what has become known in our tradition as Jesus' high priestly prayer. It opens with Christ looking up to heaven, a transcendent moment, and the strange yet familiar theological language that wrestles to put into words who we are as a Christian community, a people who live in the somewhat inexplicable but fruitful and transformative interface between this world and God's as yet unfinished world or kingdom. Jesus, as the Christ, becomes the one who breaks down the barrier between our world and the next, between death and new life, between the old and the new, between the ephemeral and the eternal. It is into this in-between place that we are called to not only remember who we are, but actually lead our lives. It is in this place that we not only look up, but we step. We step forward and into all of our concerns of this day and the passing frustrations and joys of our life in this world and look towards the next. So in our busyness, we are very much like the first apostles. We gather following the ascension and get on with the business of community, casting lots or something like it to find new leadership, tending to our needs and the needs of others, drawing outsiders and those who are marginalized into this strange, transformative, and wonderful life in Christ, in this interface between worlds, consulting, debating, and conversing over where we go from here as people called together by God's grace. It's messy because the ascension means that the worldly business in some ways are part of us and the transcendent and divine business are in other ways part of us too. Together they are wrapped up and lifted towards God. And this messiness is where we live and to where we are called as a people a people open to the spirit of God and promise the abundant joys of resurrected life. Amen.